Get ready for some hot takes, off-the-wall topics, and candid conversations with current and former players. It's time for Eat 'Em Up with Emerson Eatem. Thanks to all you Ducks fans for tuning in last week. Uh, what a fantastic first episode it was. And to all the new listeners uh, coming in for the first time, we thank you. Uh, and I am running off a high right now um, with the way I, I got here uh, to the to the offices. I uh, it's just one of those things where you know my 2009 Chevy Express van has no business driving the way it did this morning, and it's just it's it's California. Uh, there's construction going on everywhere. Uh, and, and it's weird that my, my, my Chevy Express fan, so it's for my, my team. I'm a small business owner, right? And uh, we have this, it's an all-purpose uti- utility vehicle. Um, and it's fantastic. I never get uh, any kind of space anxiety. If I need a, you know, you name it, I can carry it in the back. Uh, but it makes this weird rattling sound. So I am zipping here. Uh, and, you know, as this thing's rattling... I, the thing has no business uh, driving the way it did, point blank. And I don't know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm acting like I'm a, a player, a, a Max Jones here, uh, ripping in his uh, Stingray, which we'll we'll get to in, in, in one second. Now, in last week's episode, I hinted at we're going to dive into to what the players drive here on this this Ducks roster, and we're going to waste no time. Um, I didn't know it was going to happen, you know, maybe a couple episodes in, uh, you know, you wait that long, man, training camp, it's already here, right? So we're going to dive into it right now. Um, and you know, it, it, it's, it's really one of those things as a player I took for granted, uh, seeing all my, my players and, and I, I played with some of the best of them, uh, Timu Solani and, you know, Ryan Getzloff, Corey Perry. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on of, of superstars that, that I played with. And it's almost like I, I took it for granted, you know, showing up at, you know, just on a practice day, Anaheim Ice, seeing Timu's, you know, Fisker Karma, oh, drive up into that driveway, into those gates. Oh, it's unbelievable. The design on that, that Fisker Karma. Uh, Saku Kwevu. I remember Saku had uh, one of the first Tesla, the, the Model S's that came out. Everyone was chatting in the in the locker room. Hey, you know, Saku's got a, a new Tesla. It's got a computer in it. We're like, what? A computer? And then the whispers start, you know, going right. Is it a computer? I'm thinking, what? Thing got Linux in it? What, what kind of software does this thing have? In this computer here, like, what's the deal? Practice, you know, goes on after practice. We're all in the huddled around Saku's brand new Model S, checking out the computer. It's like, yeah, things got a computer in it, and it's just it, it, you look back on all these you know, former teammates, what what they drove. Getsy, Getsy tops my list as far as, and we all know Getsy. I, he 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 drove. It almost seemed like a, a new Ferrari into the building uh, each and every day. Um, but oh my God, Getsy's uh, two tone, Rolls Royce, the Ghost, oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. 
just pristine. Pristine. Um, everyone might be thinking, Emmer, what did you drive? I had my I had three cars in my my stint here with with the Ducks, um, but I'll start off by by just mentioning the first one, the most important one, two thousand two Honda Civic. The thing was just sunbeat to death. Thing was absolutely sunbeat to death. Rolling on twelve inch hubcaps, and the thing's probably over three hundred thousand miles now. Like it's probably over three hundred thousand miles. It still runs great. Kind of like my all-purpose utility van, the the Chevy Express van for, for my hockey team that I own. It's go A to B, you name it. can carry anything and everything. It's kind of like the my Chevy utility van. It's got a little rattling to it. I don't know why I get dealt cars with with the little rattle to it. But uh, nonetheless, the, the Honda Civic, can you believe it? Rookie year. Got a hard time for it. Um, but it got the job done. Like it just absolutely got the job done. I, I remember being down downstairs taping my my stick before a game uh, right there at, at Honda Center, and um, Vern Fiddler. We're playing Dallas that night, and I'm I'm just with my coffee, my tape my twig, and, and Vern Vern Fiddler calls me over. You know, sticks his his neck out over the glass. Says eats. Is that your Honda out there? I said, yeah, what's going I thought he was going to chirp me. I thought he was, you know, and, and Vern can, of course, you know, chirp it with, with the best of them. It's like, that is so awesome. And just pumping my tire. You know, it, it was one of the, the moments I look back on, and I was like, this guy's, this guy's fantastic, Vern Fiddler. Just pumping up my 2002 Honda Civic, absolutely sunbeat to death. And I'll never forget that moment. It was, it was quite the just, oh, and, and, and Vern's one of those guys where you, you just, everyone says a good thing about Vern. So appreciate you, Vern. Uh, we'll, we'll get right into it here. Gibby, uh, he had a G-Wagon. And a G-Wagon, to me, it's I, I call it that kind of silent stunt, I call it. Silent stunt. It's like, yes, it's a beast. We all get it. But, you know, it, 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 it's it's. It, it's it's sleek in a way like it just it it doesn't fly under the w- radar per se but it, it's it's kind of the humble i do well um the silent stunt i call the g-wagon and i know uh gibby and his family look great in that thing and uh, now he's moved on to a, a very family oriented car just a staple when it comes to you know historic family suvs the escalade um, which is fantastic. So uh, shout out to Gibby. He's rolling in the, the, the Escalade now, uh, moving on from his G-Wagon. We got Troy Terry and Ryan Strom. Both have BMWs. Stroman's got a 7 Series. Have you ever uh, have you ever driven in one of those 7 Series, the Beamers? Feels like you're driving in a boat. Honest to God. Honestly, like if you if you've never driven in a in a in a seven series Beamer, it's like driving in a spaceship. It really it's smooth. It's smooth. It's 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 big, roomy. Got the leg room. It's fantastic. Can't go wrong with a with a Beamer. Uh, Z Z's rolling around in an orange Bronco. So fitting. Like it's so fitting. Z 
driving down PCH in an orange beam or in, a, in an orange uh, an orange Bronco. It's so fantastic, so fitting. The flow in the air, and you know what? Everyone thinks that you gotta you gotta bring out the old Milwaukee to, to un- unscrew a couple screws, like to to take the top off. No, not at all. It's just a couple latches. Like it's like three three four latches. You unlatch it, and, and boom, away you go. You got the flow going right down PCH like Z does. It, it's so fitting, so fantastic. Those Broncos look sharp. Those Broncos look so sharp. Um, so can totally see it. Uh, Max Jones. Max Jones, is he's got the Stingray. Now, historically for me, I've, I've never been a, a huge you know, Corvette guy, like, you know, if, if, if I could choose my, my car, my, my kind of old school car, I, I'm a Trans Am guy. I just am. I, I don't know why. It's just, it, it's me. Um, so I, 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 I haven't been the, the biggest, I, I, I just, whether they're not as meatier as they are now. Okay. They always came across to me as, as, as smaller, like, no, you know, now these things are just, they're beefed up. They're huge. Like, like if you don't know what it is, and it's it's about you know half a mile behind you, and it's just creeping up on you. You're like, what is that? A Lambo? Like, what's coming at me? Like, it looks that mean. That's scary. It's a it's a good looking car. And yeah, the the older ones just lack that size, that 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 monster kind of look. These recent years with the Corvettes have just completely. Knocked it out of the park. And you know what? Nothing's better than American muscle. Let's call it what it is. You, you get the most bang for your buck with American muscle. Then goes 0 to 60 in 3.8. Four, 490 horsepower, almost 500 horses at a $66,000 price tag. Starting. I mean, that, that's, that's American muscle for you. That you just can't find anywhere else. You're looking at so much less horses at that price tag if you're, if you're going to European car. And that's why I like American muscle. I just do. I just do. Oh, I can't wait for day one training camp. Everyone pulls up just off the lot. Some guys paid all cash. Just pulling up, ready to go. Summer workouts over. Looking in tip-top shape. Max Jones hopping out of his stingray. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, you might be thinking, Emmer, what would you go to? Okay, you're, you're, you're ripping around in your, your team vehicle, your, your, your company car. Had absolutely no business driving the way I did this morning. Takes like five. I, I just talked about Max's zero to 60. Takes me 10 seconds to get going in that thing. Once it gets going, we're rolling. Speed in here, speed in there, acting like, like I'm a player and a utility man. But you might be thinking, and you might want to ask, Emmer, like, what, what would you go with? Okay, you're in a utility van right now. Like, what, what would you pick for your next car? I, I'm going Honda. I'm going Honda for a lot of obvious reasons. Honda's good to us. We all know it. We all know it. But for all you race fans out there, look at the uh, 
Look at the Indy standings. Look at the Formula One. Look at how racing as a whole. Honda cars are at the top of the leaderboard. They just are. Red Bull Racing. What kind of powertrain do they have? Honda. They're crazy for switching to Ford powertrains in, in 2026. That's, that's, that's a huge risk. That just is. Aston Martin at the top of their game. Who are they switching to in 2026? Oh, yeah. They're going Honda. They got a great Mercedes engine right now. And they're going Honda. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, this whole fleet of, of Honda cars is fantastic. Like, it honestly is. So just snack on that for lunch. That's what I'd be chewing. That's what I'd be picking is, is, the, is the Honda. Uh, moving on to new ducks. So I could have dropped Alex Stalock in the, the last round of, of new ducks uh, that we talked about last, last episode. Um, he's the, one of the later additions, uh, but he, he's almost got his, he has his own category, almost, because he was nominated for the Masterton Trophy. And I think that 100% deserves a, you know, a, a little more, a little more recognition, uh, big spotlight on it. Um, so Staylock, he he signed as a free agent with the Blackhawks in July 2022, last off season, or or the the off season prior, and um, he only played in in one league game over the course of the prior two seasons. Uh, he was diagnosed with myocarditis. After testing positive for COVID-19 in, in 2019, 2020. And uh, over a little bit more time, he's been battling through a lot of setbacks from concussions, uh, ocular motor dysfunction. Uh, that's it's a vision problem that affects the uh, central nervous system. And uh, nonetheless... Nonetheless, the, the guy was great last season. Like he was. Yeah, the record is 9-15-2. Okay, on a struggling Blackhawks team. I mean, we we were there. We, we were there, and it was not easy. And to have these kind of numbers, a 9-0-8 save percentage, goals against not all that bad for a team like that. Played a lot of games, allowed him to get back on track, but... The one thing on on struggling teams, you you, you know, for goaltenders, you you highlight is that save percentage. Okay, we know the 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 shot volume is high. We know that. How many are they saving? And to come out with a, a .908 save percentage, I, that's that's huge. That's huge. Bad a lot of adversity. Left it all out on the ice, night in and night out. And uh, not too long ago, did Alex, what was this, second full year, 2013-14, 1.87 goals against and a .932 save percentage. I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, it was a while back. Ten seasons ago or so. I I, I get it. It, it. It's it's a while back. He's got some great numbers trickled, trickled in. Here and there, uh, over the course of, of from then till now, 
And if you look at our our goaltending depth, we got Gibby. We got Dostal. And now we got Alex Daylock. And I'll match that that three up against anyone in the league. Like I really will. I really will. I mean, that is a, a, a fantastic set of goalies right there. Um, so kudos to Alex and, and everything he's he's been through recently. Well deserved with the the Masterton uh, Trophy nomination. And, and here's my view. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what I think a lot of people are thinking. The Masterton, come on. Give it to the three guys. Latang. More the deserving. We, we get it. He, he's been through a lot. We've seen it. And, you know, Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, another deserving guy. Broke his femur. Comes back with a just a lights-out year. Shout out to my boy Clayton, too. We go way back. Good buddy of mine. And well-deserved. All, all three of them. Give them to all three of the guys. How are you going to pick what, which one which one out of these terrible situations is the most deserving? No, give it to all three. All three are deserving. Latang's been, Latang's been through a lot. Keller, been through a ton. Just read about what, uh, what, what Alex has gone through over the, the last few years, all deserving. And I can't wait to see uh, what Alex can can bring to this Ducks organization. Really look forward to it. Just broke recently, Ilya Labushkin. Uh, and the Ducks acquired the, the Hulkin defender and only gave up a, a fourth-round draft pick in 2025. Uh, this was an exchange... The Buffalo Sabers, and originally uh, Anaheim had acquired that pick from Minnesota, and the deal that uh, with John Klingberg there, not 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 too long ago, and and look, Labushkin, twenty nine years old, bounced around a little bit, Arizona, Toronto, and uh, of course, most recently Buffalo. Quote from Pat Verbeek. We are excited to add uh, Ilya to our blue line as we targeted another defenseman for the right side this offseason. He's big, physical, hard-nosed player that can kill penalties and, and will make us harder to play against. And that's just is what it is. I mean, Pat said it all right there. He's got great size. I mean, 14 points in 68 games. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's really good for 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 a guy who's kind of notorious for a you know being a great penalty killer. You know, 14 points in 68 games. That's that's great. That is. We had a along with Radko, who we who we talked about last week, we had a another physical hulking to defenseman. It, I think it's a, a great pickup for not giving up a lot. And so I, I think it was the right move. The one thing that watching the past years, just as a fan, 
is we've been chasing too much, like we just have. Okay, from the net front to uh, you know below our our goal line. Okay, that's when we need to win those battles. We need to come out with more pucks in that area. And you know, from a skills perspective, when we got guys that not only are bigger, stronger. Okay. But we're going stick on puck shoulder on shoulder more, getting on the inside. Like the, those guys are, guys are we're, we're bringing in on the back end are all guys that that are strong and, and can come out with more pucks, plain and simple. And I think, you know, in a lot of the the, the moves I mentioned la- last week that that uh Pat and his team have have acquired, it, it's they're they're great moves. Because it's bringing a lot of grit and a lot of hunger, meanness, and tenacity that will allow us to play with and 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 even furthermore start out with a puck more. So I I I think it's uh, great moves, and uh, hats off to to Pat once again. Moving on to a little bit of fan mail, Steph, play it. How's it going, Emmer? It's play by Plager back here. Episode two for Eat 'em Up. Great catching up with you today. All right, here we go. Player 35 years or older, got to go. Drew Doughty from the LA Kings. The guy's an absolute menace out there. Offense, defense, he'll chirp you. He'll let you know he's out there. 22 years or younger, why don't we give it to the Calder Trophy winner, Matty Beneers. Guy was lights out in his rookie campaign. Great career ahead of him. And what team keeps me up at night? Got to go with the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. They roll all four lines, and they don't stop coming at you. It'll be exciting to watch young ducks of 2023-24 handle them with you on the call. Another good call. Another good uh, voice message left by uh, Play by Plager. And I, I happen to, to sit down with... Uh, Adam there, who who just called in once again at, at Brewery X. We had a beer and, and, and shared some stories. He's an aspiring uh, play-by-play uh, analyst as well. Um, and so he's, he's, he's on a mission to, um, you know, really, really do big things. So uh, shout out to Adam there. Great, great message once again. Um, so kind of going in reverse order, 35 years or older, Drew Doughty. Look. He's so good. He is. And we play him lots. It's unfortunate that we play him so much because he's that good. Uh, last season, saw his biggest point production since 2017-18. Uh, his career high was 60 points. Uh, last, last season was his third most productive season from a point perspective. Yeah, you you just you know what you're gonna get with Drew, uh, whether just on the power play, you know, making the right reads, making quick plays. I I always liked how he skates. It seems like every crossover is so powerful. Like he, he kind of has this crouch crouch style when he's got that that stick in his hand and he's just he, he's loaded up, ready to you know. Cross cross under crossover. I mean, he he's just that he's just that powerful, and he's always ready. He's always on his toes, and his numbers always show it. Like how, you know, how dialed in he is consistently, whether it's shift in, shift out, or uh, 
or in a game in, you know, game out perspective. And he's been doing it for so long. What a Norris. 2015-16. And he's 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 almost at uh 1100 career games played. I mean, that's that's a lot of games. And it's a lot of games of of him taking over, being the quarterback at times, just taking control of the situation. So um, I think that's a fantastic take. It really is. Someone that uh, that gives you the those nightmares the the night prior for sure. Drew Doughty. Um, Maddie Beneers. Yeah, and 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 Seattle was was a team that you know maybe and and it it just it looked like it. They they just didn't have maybe the success that Vegas did coming out of. Vegas's expansion draft. Um, you know, I, I think there there was less available at the time. I mean, you know, who 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 Vegas picked up was was crazy. Um, and it just it 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 got them that NSIC success. Might have not been so much the case for Seattle, but great turnaround. I look at two turnarounds, and I think this this totally ties to to both these great takes by Adam here. But I look at the two turnovers. I, I look at LA and I look at Seattle. Now, Seattle's a, a newer franchise. I'm sure a lot of you out there thinking exactly what I was thinking with Seattle. I didn't think that with the year that they had, not last season, but the year prior, their, their first season, were they going to be able to turn it around this quick? If you looked at Haxtell's uh, years there in, in Philly, uh, never could quite piece it together. Okay, but even on paper. And Jared McCann is, is another player that that is just really taking his game to another level and has, has really been the backbone offensively for that team for, you know, since the start there. So hats off to him. But, you know... Uh, I, I don't think a lot of us were thinking that quick turnaround. And uh, so Haxtell is just figuring it out. Uh, Francis is is, is doing a, a good job up there in the the front office, making the deals he needs to make. And then the Kings, and I and I hinted on it um, a little bit last episode, just, you know, the, the Ducks' turnaround and, and, and why I look at these two instances on, on, hey, it can be 100%. I still look at that, that Seattle... Roster, I'm, I'm kind of trying to piece it together. I get it, you know, you know, like I, I, I get it. They, they, they have pieces, but they're just working hard. They're, they're working hard. They're playing with a purpose, and uh, there's no doubt. Along with uh, uh, Jared McCann, I mean that that Maddie Beniers, I mean what a player, and he had a, a little head start there. Um. He played after his his collegiate season was over, um, back in twenty one twenty two, and he had nine points in ten games to finish off that year. Uh, last year, fifty seven points, twenty four goals, thirty three assists, and eighty games played. And so that that team's coming around, and they're coming around quick. And I look at them, and I look at Seattle as prime examples. Of just on paper, just on paper, you look okay. Kings, they got that superstar effect. They they got a, a couple ball players that are just 
lights out. Not a couple, a lot. And Seattle, just on paper, you just look at that roster, it's just like, huh. And they're getting it done. And with the Ducks' young talent, I'm telling you, they can, they can string it together. And Cronin, is, is, he's got the mentality and the vision, okay? And he's going to set, set a template for, for these young Ducks players to, to really turn this thing around quick. Steph, play the next one. Hey, bud. Uh, yeah, just calling in. Um, my five favorite players probably past present. Uh, you know, you got Troy Terry, you got uh, you got Gibby, John Gibson, you got uh, got Scott Niedermeyer. Uh, you definitely have TV Solani up there, and you also have um, uh, Ryan Getzlaff. You know, just really good guys up there, and uh, you know, um. I really think a hard, like a player who's going to give us a hard time above 23, uh, maybe Alex, uh, you know, Alex IFO from uh, the Kings. You know, he's, he's a solid player. You know, he's pretty fast. Uh, he's he's really good, you know. He's just one of those good players that uh, our defense needs to look out on. Um, yeah, besides that, uh, another player that I do think we need to look out for kind of in that area uh, is uh, definitely uh, – hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, it's probably going to be Evan Bouchard, you know. Um, I'm a Bakersfield guy, so and our minor leagues up here are down – yeah, up here, so uh, – it's just a bit weird just seeing, um, you know, Bouchard in the show. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a bit weird. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to be a high goal, uh, goal scorer, especially with how long he stood in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they're definitely going to give us some hard time. I'm sorry that I kind of stalled a bit. I was just really thinking about it. Uh, hope to be on the show. Love my ducks. Okay, so we, we misunderstood a little bit. Um either a little or a lot. And and just you know when you when you call in just know that 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 you're you're representing your city. Now now I I know that we're going to have some callers from the Bakersfield area again. Like I I I get that. I know that. Two simple questions like have a better game plan, have a purpose and then I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that cuz I mean just you know uh, the 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 questions Alex I follow Okay, he's 29, and then Bouchard's 23. Okay, so I I think this guy was a, a Ducks fan. I I, I don't. He's, he mentioned our, you know, we got our minor league team. No, our our minor league team is the San Diego Goals. Okay, right, Ducks fans. I mean, that, that that's our my. And I know you you have the condor the Condors there in, in Bakersfield. I get it. So I'm kind of confused here. Um, loved how it started. I do love the Ducks. All the the players that he mentioned, I get that part, um, but boy, this one, this one threw me, th- you know, for a loop here. Um, I'm gonna go back to that trade. Uh, the Kings uh, got Dubois and going the other way to the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. I follow Velarde, Kapari. 
I don't know. I, 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 I'm still somewhat scratching my head at this one. It's a trade in which they got what they, they felt they needed. I, it, it makes a little bit more sense for me what the Jets got. I mean, you know, they, they got obviously, you know, three assets in return. Um, and, and, you know, Dubois is obviously one guy. I don't know if Dubois has reached the, you know, at least what he was paid. Uh, I mean, over eight times eight. I think it was sixty-eight million. I, I it just, you know, getting sixty-three points, his hits uh, averaging below a, a hit a game. Seventy-one hits hits last season. Uh. Faceoffs, forty-five point four percent career. I don't know. I don't know. Good, like, like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not knocking him as a pl- player or potential elite player. I'm just not sure if the hype surrounding him is is quite there yet. To what we what we've seen historically, he's, he's coming from two franchises. Uh, Columbus and in, in Winnipeg, where it's different. Uh, I went back and looked at the the, the Columbus rosters with Feligno and and you know I get it Boone Jenner they they got some them, some pieces where in yeah, like I, I get it but for sure you know still in those stages from a development standpoint right like like, like not not there not there as was the case when when he was in Columbus still the case. Winnipeg, you know, same thing. They had some good spurts there, you know, w- with his time there. But he's going into a, a Kings team that, in their mind, of course, and what I've just, you know, hinted on, turned the corner pretty, pretty darn quick. And hats off to to Blakey and in, in, in that whole uh, front office there. I mean, they, they made some some great moves that are, you know, put them in a situation that quick turnaround. And I think we're doing the same thing, you know, here in Anaheim. But time will tell, as as all as all trades. Uh, I get it. Time time will tell. You know, Dupaul, that that twenty five years of age range, like this is this is his prime right here, and so I, I think they're banking on on big things of of him playing with elite elite players. You know, Winnipeg's got some ball players up there. They, I mean, they got Shifley and Connor. I mean, they, they got some great players up there. But now, you know, you're with Kopitar. Kempe. God, I saw Kempe live last year in, in Staples. He had a one-timer, weak side, just a east-west pass, just slung it. He had a big year. And Arvidsson, always moving his feet. A little undersized, but a dog. Just a dog. And so he's 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 being thrown into that mix. So the argument could be made that he's he's surrounded now by by elite, elite players. And they're giving him that contract that, you know, by their estimation, is gonna live up to it. O- only 
time will tell. Only time will will tell. Going the other way, I, I think Winnipeg, look, Iafalo, I, I, I think he's been a beneficiary of playing with a lot of those high, high-end guys. And in my opinion, you know, Kings, I, I felt they had a, a few of those 40-point-ish guys. You know, I'm speaking of the, the other player in the trip, Velarde. I think both of those guys, you know, similar number, similar numbers. And I, I just feel like the Kings felt that they have too many of those, those kind of guys. And they just needed one more, you know, elite guy. And, and they see that in, in Dubois and, and Kapari, like who knows? I mean, he was a, he was a, a staple on the fourth line here, 15 points for, for that role. Ain't all that bad. He's got speed. Um, who knows with more opportunity, you know, what Winnipeg's going to get out of that. But yeah, with 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 the questions not really being uh, uh, answered there with with Iafal and the age and and Bouchard, don't get me wrong, like he's he's strung together some uh, some big years the the past two years, uh, especially last year. But he's he's twenty three, okay. We want twenty two and younger, thirty five and older. Um, I think the biggest loss for LA was Jersey, Sean Jersey. I'm gonna come out and say it. I think you try to find a, a way to keep him at 1.7, almost 40 points, 38 points. How do you let that go? He, he to me, was their new version of Alec Martinez. Like, just bang for your buck. Bang for your buck. And I, I, I see the sky, you know, sky, sky high for Jersey. And he he's off now in in Arizona, and that's a big pickup for for Arizona, who's uh, made some some decent moves here as of late. Steph, play the last one. Hey, Eats, what's up? Big fan from Salt Lake City. Uh, so I got to start by saying uh, my top five ducks are Corey Perry, Paul Correa, Ryan Getzlaff. Uh, I really love Cam Fowler. Been a big Cam Fowler fan. And then uh, right now, it got to be Zegris. Um, a player 22 or younger in the Pacific Division. Uh, that gives me nightmares as a Ducks fan. I'd say Matty Beneers. Um, he seems like he's going to be a problem over the next several years. He's just... I feel like he took the league by storm in his rookie year, so... Matty Beneers, great player in Seattle. And then uh, 35 or older, it's got to be Andre Kopitar. I, I'm up at night every time we're about to play the Kings anyway, not just because I'm scared, but also I'm excited. But uh, yeah, Kopitar, he always seems to do some damage to the Ducks at night in and night out against them. Anyway, uh, love the podcast. Love you. Eat. Have a good one. Great to hear the podcast. Great call. I uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, I thought it was a, a great take. Of course, we already talked about uh, Matty Beniers there, and and Anjay Kopitar. Now, the voice message before this one, our 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 fan out there in uh, in Bakersfield, like no, like I want mentioned an I follow and and. And 
and Bouchard, even though the the ages weren't weren't cracked, like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Kopitar, that's a that's a night terror right there. That's a night terror right there. Is Andre Kopitar? I signed a, a PTO, uh, my last stint in in my career with with the Kings there, and and um, I think it was the fall of 2018, if I'm not mistaken, and. Just being on the ice with uh, with Kopi there, uh, just practices, flow drills. It, I mean, you name it. Competitive games at the end. Like, I always tell players to go hard, which we'll we'll in our in our next segment. I'll I'll, I'll hint on a, a little bit as well. But he's almost opposite. He's one of the few few players that isn't buzzing a million miles an hour like Matthews like those powerful strides you got McKinnon fast like you know crossing over with with just intensity McCarr these guys I mean how McCarr just gets from the uh, the boards to the to mid ice and like you know one crossover it's just power and, and quickness Kopi's kind of that that smooth, you know, yes, it's powerful, but it's efficient, those strides. So, you know, going back to being out on the ice with them, it it's just smooth. It's just smooth. And and when you watch the games, he, it's almost like he's winning his battles from a, a cool and, and calm, cool and collective, you know, standpoint. He keeps that puck to the outsides. He he gets his, his hips around it and he keeps you on the outside and 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 that's kind of how he does it, which is just so fun to watch. And it's scary because his smoothness, his, his long range east to west, if he does pull a move, like, like, like that's scary. His patience with the puck around the blue paint. Like some of his finishes, you know when he's driving wide and he just gets by that D and then he's got to skate backwards along the, along the goal line to tuck its shelf, that, that patience in tight. That's 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 a night terror the night before game day. That just is. And one of the scarier parts is he's in that age range, but it, it it's not like he's slowing down. You know, like yeah, he's he's older, but if you look at his numbers, almost a point a game last season. God, he's got a 1,141 career points and 1,292 games played in his career. For a long time, he'd just been getting it done. And this one of the scarier parts is it doesn't look like it, he's fading, which is scary. It's just scary. I wish I had a take. I I I, I agree with a lot. I mean, I you know, Dowdy, Kopitar, you know, young guys, you know, league wide. Of course, there's there's a handful of brilliant. Brilliant young players, twenty-two years of age or, or younger, but certainly you gotta you gotta circle the name Matty Berniers. As far as uh, you know, young young players that just yeah, scary, night terrors. Matty Berniers. Moving on, a little fun fact, little little fun hockey fact here. Uh. A youth hockey player is less than a 0.11, chance to play in the NHL if the player plays through high school. That that's that's that, that's not 
a big margin. It's so small. The chances of a young player, a youth hockey player, making it to the, the National Hockey League. And just judging based off my own experience, they were there was always just the best player at each division. You know what I mean? Like, like there was always that player that was on your team that everyone talked, oh, that was just the next Crosby. The next go the next Ovechkin. Right? Like you you growing up for, for all the, the hockey players out there that 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 played early on and, and were at one point youth hockey players. If you can if you can think back to all your teams, it's just like every season growing up, there was one player that was just at the top. Some sustain it. Like some players you just hear from 13 on. Bedard was a was a case in that nature, right? And so, yes, there, there are those circumstances where you hear them early on and they're put on the map and they're able to, you know, maintain a, a good level of, of just, I don't know, good mentality that they can sustain that with all that pressure. They, they can just go about their habits the right way and, and tie it all together and, and, and maintain that, that kind of face of, of, you know, either that draft year or or just those highly talented picks that are able to just, you know, keep it together for for a decade or so as far as being labeled that uh that that superstar. But for the most part, like if you think about all those past teams, there was always one one player that more than likely the next year just fell off. Just fell off. It was was no longer the the talk of the town. And that that kind of sums up not only life in general, how hard it is to become a CEO. One CEO per company. There's only one. Only one president. Only one of a lot of things. And there's only one for a reason. And there's only one best league in the world, and that's the National Hockey League. And only 0.11 percent of youth hockey players make it to that level and that's a lot of hard work year in and year out in gaining momentum for yourself if, if you are a young player but i'll break it down even more it's a day by day in games or in practice it's a shift by shift or a whistle by whistle rep by rep mentality it's no different than compounding interest like if you're doing mountains and you stop, I don't know, foot short, each line for for maybe some of the the um, more foreign hockey fans out there. Mounds are, are similar to what in basketball is the suicide, right? You start at the goal line, go blue line back, red line back, far blue line back, and goal line and back. Mountains, killer. But I, I I watch Live Barn, I, I this this fairly new new site Live Barn where you you can search your own practices, you can watch your own practices, and see oh yeah you you were a foot short there on that line, but but long story short that that adds up, and good players are prone to to taking the foot off the pedal a little bit. And those those reps where you you cut it short, 
line after line, whistle after whistle. That's like compounding interest. That adds up. And there's a lot of players at a young age that are told that they're the best and bang. Cut short, cut short a mountain, cut short a rep, 50% on a rep. Willie Desjardins, who I mentioned uh, in last episode, who's uh, now coaching my alma mater there, the, the Medicine Hat Tigers in the Western Hockey League. He was coaching me in Vancouver, and he, he said, you know, Emma, are you, you up there shooting on the upper concourse in, in Vancouver there? They have a, uh, a kind of a shooting shooting area for the fans. It's all dialed in with uh, computer system, monitors your your speed on your shot, so on and so forth. And he asked me straight up, you shooting 500 bucks a day? And I wasn't. I wasn't. Not, e- not even at the the highest levels. And I should have been. I should have been. You bet your bottom dollar after that talk, I, I went up there and started uh, shooting my, my minimum 500 shots a day. But I always tell players, you know that I see around the ranks or whatever, you're shooting 500 bucks minimum a day? That's how you get that right. That's how you get that that consistency. I think by and large part, if you if you think about how much basketball players, and I'm not a, a fan of basketball, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, but from a culture standpoint, how much basketball players shoot. You see the videos of, of Steph Curry, so on and so forth, have a shooting coach, all these guys have a shooting coach, right? And they just stand stand there. And the shooting coach passing the ball, and it's it's pinpoint form. Each and every time, it's just ball after ball. Those stories of Kobe hitting the gym early, 10,000-plus shots. And so I think, by and large part, culturally, hockey's just a tad behind basketball in that mentality and that nature. That's a way to get ahead. Watching the best of the world. Like, are you not just watching highlights? You're watching the full games. If you're a goalie, watching Gibby. If you're a D, watching Camp Fowler. If you're, you know, four, watching all these Troy Terry or even, you know, league wide, Matthews, McKinnon, all these the, the superstars. Every stride is with such intensity and power. And it all started in practice. That mentality that Right from the first whistle of the first drill mentality, even if it's a high-low drill, for all those hockey players out there that that, that know just a simple high high flow, you know, high-low flow drill. Going hard and sustaining that practice in, practice out. Your coach tells you, hey, you you're losing battles all practice. Well, you know what? Now, youth players out there, now you can go back on Live Barn and watch your practice. I don't know what this guy was saying. What was this guy saying? I don't remember that. Watch it. Video doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. I remember, I and I, I, I cherish this more now as a coach than I did as a player even. But I remember Bruce Boudreau after, after, I think it was actually the next day of a game and, and just you know speaking uh, in regards to the, the game we had the night prior, he's like, Emery, you had, you had donuts across the board. Like, you literally had zeros across the board. 
I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just kind of thinking, you know, young, stubborn, naive still, all this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, put me with this guy, put me with that guy kind of thing. And I look back on that. I'm like, no. No, because if you're not scoring, if you're not getting assist, what's your overall impact on the game? Shift in and shift out. If you're not scoring or getting assist, then you better be winning every faceoff then you better be stick on puck shoulder on shoulder. Blasting people through the glass. How many takeaways? Block shots. There's, there's so much facets of the game. What's your overall impact on the hockey game? I mean, I got a clip of, of Kyle Clifford. This is an older clip that I like to show every every once in a while. And he's F1 on forecheck. He, he, he's pressured. He gets the puck in. Just happens to, to slide past the tendy. And the, the tendy recovers that, that puck quickly. But, you know, from the red line up until that puck, Kyle Clifford head down and just pumping his feet and literally falls into this, this goalie creates a turnover and moments later they they end up bearing that puck but it started from how hard he went from that initial could placement and, and just attacked moved his feet head down literally fell into the goalie stick that's the intensity and I'm 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 going on here and it all circles back to what you need to do day in and day out as a youth hockey player or even you know at the NHL level day in and day out going about your business making hockey your life that's why 0.11% make it to the National Hockey League and furthermore sustain a, a, a vibrant you know long career in the National continuing on those habits to wrap up the the fun fact there. So there you have it. Uh, Final thought, Will Francis, our very own, turns 23 in November. He was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in March 2020 at the age of 19. He was deemed uh, cancer-free a few months later and finished chemotherapy in July of 2022. Dallas Eakins stood up and, and disclosed uh, that diagnosis at the beginning of a, a training camp last summer, entering in the end of the season, and I was there for that. I was in that room, and what a moment that was. I, I mean, a lot of you, and if you haven't seen it, please check it out. Like it's a it's an emotional video. I, I spoke, you know. Last uh, last week on last episode, you know, of, of Dallas Eakins and and just that good nature that that he has, it was just so well said. His his words on on Will, and just being in that room, it's such an emotional feeling. Go through everyone, not just me, everyone in that in that room. Um, you know how proud we all were. And how elegantly stated uh, Dallas Eakins 
you know, spoke on that, that cancer-free uh, diagnosis. And um, the cancer has returned. And uh, so Will will be out of, out of hockey. Um, the, the, the plan is for him to hopefully return uh, by next spring, you know, take a little bit off school, um, off hockey. And, and we're certainly thinking of, of Will on his journey. Uh, he's beat it once and he's, he's going to beat it again. Uh, such a strong uh, young man and great player too. When I was out uh, on that, uh, on that ice a little bit prior there, um, you know, just seeing just big, big body, powerful, just spoke on it. And, and that last fun fact, you know, how, how powerful you got to, be each and every play, practice or, or or game. And Will's that kind of player. Seen it firsthand. Seen it firsthand. And powerful as an individual, uh, beating it the the first time around. And um, you know, we're we're certainly thinking of of you, Will, as a whole uh, organization. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. The legendary scientist mentioned uh, not too long ago in life expectancy, a, a single day for humans is a week for dogs. Know this and make every day count. I, I, I can't say it better than that. Will certainly from from the words of Dallas Eakins and and you know hearing just thoughts and 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 comments from from Will, he he certainly lives like that. I'm um, to be. To be as strong as he did, uh, or or was the the first time around, and uh, all that life has thrown at him, and and how strong he's been, and and uh, I I think about that that quote, and and truly, Will personifies that a hundred percent. We're gonna end on that note. Thanks again for for joining us for episode two. See you next time. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.